Hi, welcome to Office Hours, a podcast presented by College Fashionista. It's Amy Levin here. For those of you new this week, each episode of this series has a special guest who will share insight on life, careers, and their story to success. Today, we are speaking with co-founder and editor-in-chief of the Huffington Post, Ariana Huffington. Among her many accomplishments and roles, Ariana has just launched a new book, The Sleep Revolution. I'm very excited to chat with her and learn more about her amazing career in this must-read book about her findings and something we all love, sleep. Welcome, Ariana. So the lifestyle of a college student tends to be binge partying, poor eating habits, no sleeping, and then a full day or two of sleeping in late to recover. And then this is kind of repeated. How does this affect your body long term? Well, first of all, it affects you immediately. It's not just long term. I can understand that college students may not want to think of long term. Yeah. But even immediately, it degrades every aspect of your health and productivity and happiness. If we look at these three factors, first of all, health. I mean, we all have evidence that when we are run down, we are more likely to catch a cold or get the flu. And you see college students who get sick just because they are run down. Yeah. You know, there are viruses everywhere. So whether we catch them or not depends entirely on how strong our immune system is. And what I try to show through the research in the book is that our immune system is compromised when we don't get the sleep we need. Yeah. The other thing is our productivity. Very often... We sacrifice sleep in the name of productivity because we have to study or in the name of FOMO because we're afraid we're going to miss out on something. So it's productivity or joy, happiness, fun, and both are compromised. You know, we are definitely much less productive. There's this illusion that if we're going to stay up all night, um, we are going to do better in the exam, the final, whatever it is, the essay we are writing, whatever it is. And all the evidence proves conclusively that's not true, that in fact our mental and cognitive abilities are the first to deteriorate when we are sleep deprived. Yeah. So it doesn't really help. Yeah. Then the third thing beyond health and productivity is joy, fun. Well, you know, we may be at a party, but if we're exhausted, we're not going to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we've all been there. Definitely. So I think if, if the goal is to have fun, the more recharged and rested we are, the more we are going to be fully present, vital, and and really have fun. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, there's so much pressure on everyone, but I think in college especially, and now we're seeing it, like from day one of entering school, students are so focused on their career and getting ahead, and they push themselves to all extremes to get there, when in reality, what I think is so lovely about your book is it's almost like the reverse will get you where you want to go. Right. And, you know, I don't blame college students because the whole culture is under this collective delusion. So they kind of absorb it from everywhere. Oh, yeah. And that's why we made college students a priority in the Sleep Revolution Tour, because we believe that if we can make it very clear by showing them the science and by showing them the data that this is simply a delusion, it is not true, then they will change their minds about the importance of sleep in their lives. And once they change their minds, it's easy to change their habits. But the first step is changing their minds and and recognizing that 
cultures often believe false things. If you take smoking, you're too young to remember, but if you go back and look at 1950s commercials of cigarettes by doctors, it's it's frightening. frightening. You have literally doctors in white coats saying things like, I smoke menthol cigarettes because they refresh my throat. It's uh, it's actually scary. And you think that's (laughs) absurd. You are crazy. Yeah. And uh, so I think it's really important to recognize that and um, and recognize that when actually the culture believes something false, it takes a lot more gumption and um, initiative to say, hey, no, that's not true. And the same applies to sleep. You know, people wear sleep deprivation like a badge of honor. People, oh, yeah. Uh, it's like a proud thing. Yes. Like, I, I pulled an all-nighter. I slept for two hours. Yes. Like, it, I'm going to be better. It's yeah. true. It's a, it is like a pride thing. So we need to change all yeah. that. We need to watch the language we use also, yeah. you know, when we congratulate people for working 24-7. Yeah. I have to say that I'm in my, like, later half of my 20s and in my early 20s, and I always tell my team when I started my business, I thought if I didn't answer an email after five minutes that it, my company was going to, like, close. <laughs> and now I I am way more balanced where I take a minute. I don't need to respond to everything. And, like, I realize it's important that you need sleep. You need to disconnect. And I that's why I love everything you're saying because it speaks to what I think now and like the phase of my life I'm in now. But I love the fact that you recognize that so early in your life because so many of us recognize it much later. Yeah. And and for me, it's like unnecessary suffering. You know, there is suffering in life that you can't prevent. Yeah. I think sleep deprivation leads to a lot of unnecessary suffering in yeah. terms of health, in terms of happiness, and in terms of productivity. Do you think that females fall under the category and specifically college students of pushing themselves further and and wanting to get ahead more by limiting their sleep or do you see it in both sexes? I think it's in both sexes but I think what happens is that uh, often women feel they have to emulate every aspect of what is seen as male success and I think our job, and for me, this is like a feminist revolution, is not just to say I want to get to the top, but I want to change the way the world is functioning because it's not working, it's not sustainable, it's not working for men, for women, for polar bears. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's um, this is kind of an opportunity for us to redefine what hard work is because hard work is smart work. Yeah. This kind of leads to my question about females because a majority of our audience is females. Um, There tends to be this extra pressure that you put on yourself to be this perfect human, like smart, successful, beautiful. And even more with social media, I feel like it's even more amplified for these girls. Do you still feel this pressure or do you feel like there was a certain point in your career where you felt really confident with yourself and your decisions and that you kind of cut yourself some slack. I totally identify with what you're saying because I call that voice in our head the obnoxious roommate living in my head (laughs) that constantly puts us down. Men have it too, but women have it much more intensely. And it's the voice of self-doubt, the voice that doesn't think we are smart enough, good enough, pretty enough, anything. And I think the minute we recognize that voice is not the truth, and that voice is not who we are, it begins to lose its power. It doesn't mean it's completely eliminated, but if you hear it, 
you don't identify with it. It's just not you. And I think that begins to free up a lot of energy because that voice is unbelievably draining. But here is the key. That voice is much stronger when you're sleep deprived. Interesting. Because when you're sleep deprived, all these fears and anxieties and self-doubts are intensified. Right. So it's critical that we monitor these things. And when we begin to observe them, we see the difference it makes when we wake up recharged. Yeah. Do you feel that that self-doubt and that voice goes away as you mature and get older? Well, if you're conscious about it, I think it doesn't automatically. You know, there are a lot of people who live their lives unconsciously until their 80s. But you can uh, live your life consciously when you're in college. You don't have to wait. It's just a matter of a decision to be aware, to be present, to notice things and to course correct. Yeah. Right now, this time of year, we're talking so much about first jobs because a lot of our students are graduating and a majority of the girls who contribute to our site are going into the fashion industry. How do you recommend that they find balance and disconnect from their job while not jeopardizing their position? Because the fashion industry is very fast paced. You're expected to be on all the time. And it's it's tough. Well, I think the expectation of being on all the time um, has to change, and each one of us needs to take a stand. I think if we do a fantastic job while we are on, we know when we're at work, and really are creative, engaged, uh, fun to be around, then I'm finding that in most working situations, um, you can set your boundaries. You know, if you're not doing a good job when you're on, then you don't have the same kind of opportunity to set boundaries. You know, and of course, when the world is changing and the world now is changing around being always on sleep deprivation, etc., you're going to see all sorts of behaviors coexisting. You know, you have very enlightened bosses and you have people who still think in in neanderthal terms in terms of efficiency and productivity and recharging so i think you need to be smart about where you are working and if your boss is in the in the dinosaur (laughs) category and you want to stay on that job then you need to manage your discretionary time super smart yeah like this, we all have more discretionary time than we acknowledge. You know, somebody's watching House of Cards. Right, right. You know, so you need to give up some of these things in order to prioritize your sleep and your recharging time. Yeah, it's true. And in New York especially, you know, it's it's almost become when you meet up with friends like, oh, I'm so exhausted. I'm so tired. It's like, yes. like back to the badge of honor. And I hate that. Like, why is that the first thing that everyone says to each other? It's almost like I'm busier than you. I'm more tired than you. I'm working more yeah. than you. It's so strange to me. I know. And also, I think it misses out something very important about life, which is life is fragile. Yeah. You don't know what may happen from one moment to the next. So you miss out on the gratitude about the fact that you're alive, you're healthy, yeah, and uh, and you are building your life right now, and you're young, and your life is ahead of you, and you forget all that. And I had, um, you know, I had a friend of mine, I'm actually an investor in her startup, who was one of those stars, you know, having been to 
Facebook, Google, Snapchat, big jobs. Then she started her own company. She sent an email on Sunday night to all her investors how she was diagnosed with aggressive breast cancer, had a double mastectomy, and then she was diagnosed with aggressive ovarian cancer. So she was closing down the company. And I was, like, shocked. I still get goosebumps when I think of it because... I'm not saying that to scare anybody, but I'm saying that we don't know what life brings. No. And so when we are actually walking through life right now exhausted and not really fully present and not enjoying this moment, it means we are missing out on all that we know for sure that we have. Yeah. Health is number one. My last question for you is how do you practice being present when you're juggling so many moving parts in your life? So for me, honestly, a good day starts the night before. Like when I get my eight hours sleep, which is what I need, you know, um, the universal scientific consensus is that we need seven to nine hours. You know, you may do perfectly on seven and you may need nine, you know, it's, but you'll know when you wake up without an alarm, that's the key. Yeah. And you wake up recharged. And so for me, that's, that's the, the, primary decision in terms of what changed in my life. And now when I wake up, uh, it means that when things happen that I'm not happy about, which is in all our lives, it doesn't really affect me the same way. I feel like I can expand to include it rather than it hitting me and I internalize it and it drains me. Yeah. Comes with the night before sleep. Yes. Yeah. It prepares you for everything that's going to be thrown away. And then during the day, you know, just even if you have little pauses, you know, just like a minute to take a deep breath and reconnect with who you are or taking walking Mm -hmm. meetings. So, you know, just small things so you don't move on automatic and allow the stress to build. Yeah. When you're with your family, do you disconnect from technology and social media or do you try to? Oh, absolutely. We have... Uh, We have this rule, which we've had for a long time. When I'm with my daughters, we no devices um, uh, over a meal or just even if we're having a coffee and catching up. That is so essential. Uh, You know, it's an addiction. It's bad, yeah. It's an addiction, and we all have it. And and that's why, as you know, I, I, I say in the book, the one absolute rule is not charging our devices by our bed. Yeah, I don't sleep with mine in my room. That's I put fantastic. it in another room and it's That makes the best such a thing. difference. Even if it's Maybe. off psychologically, it's your whole life is right there. So if you wake up yeah. in the middle of the night for whatever reason, you're going to be tempted to go to your phone if you don't immediately fall asleep. Yeah. So I think that's, that's like a recognition that um, when we tap into our own gratitude about our life and our own excitement about what we are creating, despite the fact that every creation includes obstacles and problems, then when we reconnect with our devices, it's from a place of excitement uh, about what the world is bringing to us and what we are bringing to the world. Yeah, it's true. Well, I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Amy. I look forward to doing a lot of things with College Fashionista. Thank you. And uh, thank you for um, your creativity in bringing this to the world. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you, Ariana, for talking to us. Be sure to pick up a copy of her book, The Sleep Revolution, and I look forward to having you join us on our next Office Hours conversation. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to College Fashionista's Office Hours on iTunes. Until then, 